You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 59. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Welcome back to the podcast. The new year has begun, everyone, and it is going to be amazing. When I started this coaching course three years ago, I knew the Lord and his beautiful mother, Mary, would send me just the right clients at the exact right time. My goal was to get as many women spiritually fasting for this world and their families as I could. And I knew I just needed to trust him as usual. You know, it's not always easy to trust God, especially when embarking on something new. But I have had to lean in to trust my whole life. So I am rather accustomed to it. As a family, we have really never been well off or given an overabundance of things, but I do know that the Lord gives us exactly what we need, exactly when we need it, just enough to fuel our dreams and keep trusting him for more. He always provides. Well, I have a guest today on the podcast, and we are going to talk about just these things. Her name is Jackie, and she is a star client that was gifted to me by God I couldn't have dreamed her up if I tried. She enrolled in the program in complete poverty of heart and soul, just like I was when I started, empty and willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She spent hours studying the material, applying it and getting coached. And guess what she got? Phenomenal results. She was determined to raise her sales so that God could blow his grace upon them and give her just the transformation that she was looking for. Let me tell you a little bit about Jackie, and then I'm going to introduce her. Jackie works in corporate America with a background in math and statistics. That's one thing we have in common because that's my background as well. She had been away from the faith for many years and came to spiritual fasting to lose weight. What she found was an unexpected path to salvation and a mechanism, a practical way to share her faith with others. So Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Beth. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to have you. Is it one year ago that we actually met and that you joined the program? Has it been an entire year, Jackie? Yeah, just about. So January 1st last year, of course, I had ate and drank too much the night before, like many people on New Year's Eve. And I was listening to podcasts on Ascension and something linked to something that linked to something. And anyway, I ended up on one of your podcasts. So I signed up for your course that started in Lent last year. So I think that was probably early to mid-February, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, I had so many launches last year. I think I had five launches. This year I have four that's coming up. But let me tell you, we're doing a little bit differently this year. It's 15 weeks instead of 12. There's an expanded workbook. There's a lot of little things that are a little bit different because every year it just gets better and better. But what I thought was really cool is last year, you actually gave me an email to begin and you said, I have been away from the church for 25 years, Beth, and I don't know if you will let me into the program. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And I almost cried and I was like, Jackie, get in here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then you said you were about 25 pounds overweight and 
you said that you were struck with the thought that maybe you could do this. You didn't feel like it was a diet and that it could be something entirely different is what it was sounding like. And you wanted to try it. So tell me a little bit about that and just how when you began, what your thoughts were. Absolutely. I love talking about it. So as I mentioned, I stumbled onto one of your podcasts um, there January 1st on New Year's Day, listened to that, and I could just feel this enthusiasm and love in your voice from listening to the podcast. And so I kept listening to several of them and I thought I could do this because you had kind of described the methodology in your podcast. And I thought, yeah, I could probably do this, but I was focused on the weight loss. So I'll be really clear. It was all about losing the weight. But to your point, I had just come back to the church after many, 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 many years away. And I wasn't sure if I would be a good fit for the class because I thought this is probably more for, I'll call it hardcore Catholics. <laughs> Although at this point, I consider myself even beyond hardcore at this point. And you were so loving and kind, Beth. And you opened your arms and said, come on in. This will help you. There's nothing bad can come of this, right? This is another way for you to access your faith and grow closer to God. And so I signed up for it. And in the interim between the time I signed up and the time the class started, there's a couple of weeks time in there. I remember trying, just based on your podcast, trying the protocol and then trying to fast a little bit. And what I found immediately was my prayer life started to get really deep. And you always say this in the class too, God takes what you give him and he nurtures it and it flourishes within you and he flames it up even more, right? It gets more and more inflamed. And so that's what I did. I started to try a little on my own. I noticed my prayer life getting really deep in the morning and like really profound. I was feeling really connected. And then when I got to the class and put structure and coaching around that, it just took off like gangbusters. Oh, I know. You know what's interesting? I love how you're starting out with telling everyone that it's okay to join if you're joining for the weight loss. That's why my tagline is delay and pray the group coaching experience where you can permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting Yeah, by delaying sugar flour and alcohol to Sundays. Okay. So a lot of people don't believe that you should have a goal in mind with weight loss while you're spiritual fasting. They feel like it should just be about the soul and that it should just be spiritual and that there shouldn't be a weight loss goal. But what I teach in the course is that they are complementary. We are a body-soul composite. What is good for the body is good for the soul. And a lot of times as women, we're so frustrated with our weight and we don't know why. And it kind of takes all of our mental capacity, which is sad. And so when I like dove into spiritual fasting and started actually thinking, what if I try to get healthy by using my weight struggles as redemptive suffering for others. I started to bless others with my weight loss. And that was the ticket. It seemed like that was the key to actually dropping the weight. And like you said, inflaming my prayer life and then going forward. And I saw the same thing happen with you. And so I just want people to know out there, women, that it's okay to lose weight during Lent. It's never going to be your sole focus. You think it is. But then when you get into it, you're like, oh, oh, this is so much more than losing weight. Absolutely. I would agree 100%. And so the weight goal, that was the, the primary goal to start. But very quickly, that be, just fell off the radar screen for me. I still had a weight goal, 
but it became more about, for me, the gluttony, the overeating, the overdrinking, a lifetime of overeating and overdrinking. And it was a lifestyle for me, the gluttony lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so it, it became really clear to me that that vice was a gift from God as a way to grow closer to him. And so the working through gluttony by delaying and praying and lots of delaying and lots of praying, it brought me closer to him. So this thing that was a thorn in my side became the vehicle to bring me closer to Jesus and to my guardian angel and to God. And what a gift that is, Beth. And so to me, the goal weight, yeah, I got there, but it became so unimportant compared to the way my heart was growing closer to Jesus. Yes. And I think what's interesting, we share a math background. So I have an engineering degree. You have a PhD in statistics. You are uber smart. And we do like numbers. So it's not that you have to like numbers to do this. But I always say honesty goes up when the scale goes down. When you can actually get on the scale and realize it's not about your self-worth, it's just data. It's just a number. And when you're, when you're really good at spiritually fasting, the weight is either going to stay the same or it's going to go down. And If you're really trying to reach out there for your goals and put a real practical program in place and plan your sacraments and plan the eat, fast, feast cycle and plan your food protocol and use all the tools and get coached on what you for some reason can't do. Like in our clients, a lot of times it's eating in the evening or it could be drinking. So what's coming up that our thoughts are not enabling us to go through with the goal because it's all about our thoughts. And so that's the coaching part. So it is this practical program and it is very structured and it's very interesting. And it's a way to take this beautiful, ascetic, kind of abstract thing called faith and actually apply it practically in a program so that you can actually get to a spiritual and a physical goal. Absolutely. And the other thing I, so such transition for me internally, like transformationally, internally, spiritually, I know that's a lot of words put together, but what I mean by that is I feel over the last year, there's been this transformation in my heart. I'm feeling a strong, I guess, connection with the souls in purgatory. This might sound kind of odd, but I don't have children. And so I, I know you've got grandbabies, you've got wonderful, beautiful new grandbabies. And so you can dedicate your fasting and prayers to them for their little souls. And it's wonderful. I love that. I don't have babies, grandbabies to do that for, but souls in purgatory, particularly souls that are, say, Protestant, who don't have people praying for them. Because just because you don't believe in purgatory doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so my husband comes from a Protestant background. My friend who just passed away is Protestant. So I can pray for them. And so I'm feeling this full, this transformation, this kind of penitential life of which fasting is a core component to be used for spiritual good for souls who can't do anything for themselves anymore. They can't redeem themselves anymore. So I, I have felt a really strong pull in that direction the last couple months. Now, Beth, a year ago, if you would have asked me anything about purgatory or souls in purgatory, I mean, I couldn't even speak to it. I was completely ignorant about it. And now I feel informed enough and really driven and empowered by the love that I can provide for them through fasting and prayer. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So... I know that I often say in the course that we are here on earth 
to know, love, and serve God. So how do we do that? We know, love, and serve others. And when we start to fall in love with God, then we start to fall in love with others. And so this happened in my life. And we have a little saying that says, it doesn't matter how much you love me, I will love you all the more. And I had some relationships that I had to really work on and get coached on in my life. And I could fast for them. And those have since been repaired. And you had the same situation. I did. Tell us a little about that. Yeah. So when I started the course at the beginning, you asked us as one of the homework assignments to list the, well, you have the why that makes you cry and then list your miracles that you're praying for. And I had about 30 things listed. And within four months, five months, maybe about 29 had been touched on and, and healed by God. So, and part of that was my broken relationships because I left the church 25 years ago. I had a divorce, broken family relationships. There was such a long list of those kinds of things of which much of it was my own doing. And so just praying to Jesus and, and God and saying, show me, fill me with the Holy Spirit put me on the path you want me to be on so I can repair and amend and take accountability for these things to the extent I'm able. And it just was like one after another. I had an opportunity to go to a family reunion and there were seven or eight people there with whom I had these broken relationships. And it was like immediate healing. We picked right back up like nothing had ever happened. We've continued to stay in contact. I mean, I just, I can't even put, it's completely hard to describe in words the value that has in my heart, but more my soul. That's so important to me. So that that was one list there. The other list more recently, Beth, I had a friend passed away recently and I'm executor on the will. His family's not too pleased about that. And I've been praying, Holy Spirit, please direct me show me to be ethical, show me the right way to do this execution of this will. There's a lot of antiques and collectibles. And what I found is that I have no interest in material gain, but his family, they're all about the dollar signs. And as soon as he passed away, they wanted to come in the house and start taking the valuable objects. And and I didn't have any of that. I wanted to pray for his soul. And so I think that is a miracle. God's putting in my heart interest in this person's soul, not interest in this person's pocketbook. And I think that to me, that is a miracle, right? I have no, I don't have any attachments to material things. Fasting did that for me because during fasting, I prayed and I learned how to give up the attachments to food and drink for the most part. I'm not perfect, but I gave up a lot of that attachment to my physical hunger, comfort, and just my physical comfort it makes it easier to give up attachments to the material world in general. If we're doing layoffs at work, well, I might get laid off. I don't feel too worked up about that. A year ago, I would have been frantic about that. Same here with the will. I don't have any interest in these material things. I'm here to do a job and to honor the will of this person who I really cared for deeply. So that's something that came out of fasting, Beth. It helped me lose attachments to the material world. And I think that's really important. That is worth its weight in gold. Yes, that's St. John at the Cross is detaching from the things that keep us from climbing up God's holy mountain. That's chapter two of Isaiah. But, you know, we don't even realize when we're trying, 
well, first of all, sometimes we're just on our own mountain. We're not yeah. even on God's holy mountain. We're just on some other remote mountain trying to get up that mountain and then God's mountains over here. So then all of a sudden we, we spy God's holy mountain and we're like, oh, I'll go climb that. And it's the same thing. You don't even realize the things you're pulling up the mountain with you, material objects, sugar, flour, alcohol. What is stopping you from getting up that mountain? And Jesus comes down and he meets you exactly where you are in the mountain. But he does ask you to please come unencumbered and he will help you detach. And that's probably the hardest thing about the program is just the awareness. When you do get the awareness that you would you really want this food and you know yep. you're supposed to fast, but you want it. And so then you have to get coached on, okay, why do I want this? What's happening? It's all in your thoughts. A lot of it unconscious, a lot of it just kind of deep down, just wounds down there. What was so valuable to me about the coaching, but so the first time, I guess it was the first class or the second class, I said, okay, what the heck? I'm going to throw my hat in here and just give it a go because I paid a lot of money for this class. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get your really, money's worth. That's yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And it was indescribable the way you just, at the risk of sounding like, you know, throwback to the 60s, you yeah. blew my mind really because- I had something in my mind, as I recall, it was something about work. I was stressed out about something at work and I was going through the description of what I thought were my thoughts and what I thought were my feelings. And I got to the end of it and you asked me this really provocative question. For me, it was provocative. You asked me something along the lines of, does that serve your higher good? And I had never thought about that before. So all this jumble of activity in my head and you asked me one question and that immediately cut to the chase on it, which was, no, none of this is for my higher good. And then you went on to say, when I look at what you just described, 95% of it has nothing to do with God, you know, like the actions. So all these actions, Jackie, you listed all these actions, but not one of them had to do with stop and pray or talk to God about it. For me, it was such a game changer. It was like getting T-boned from the side. It's like I had, that never even occurred to me to bring God into work and to think about God at work. So for me, that was a game changer. And that was the start of really different way of thinking about how I'm thinking. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing in coaching. And I'm a certified coach. And so I'm just asking questions and they just trained me how to ask really good questions, right? And so I asked myself questions and I know you self-coach a lot you were always using the thought model and you got really good at that. And then what was beautiful about you and you're still in the membership. So she's still in there. She still asks questions, but you can actually work the thought model by yourself and self-coach. But then when you can't get to an answer and you're asking yourself a question, but you still can't figure it out, then you take it to the coach. And what's interesting about it is a lot of times what we don't understand is that we're showing up and we're not really showing up in our best interest. So we're just caring more about what other people are thinking. And our brains can tell us lies sometimes and say, we're not good enough. We really should be included in that meeting. I don't know why I'm not included in that meeting. I mean, those people are crazy. They're really mean to me and that's not nice. And I'm probably going to lose my job. And so then our brains just start going down this rabbit hole, which is not good. And instead, it doesn't really matter what people think of me. I'm going to show up 100%. I'm going to walk in with bold confidence in God. I'm going to hold the hand of Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk into work and be the best employee I can be and do the best I can and try to communicate the best I can and love these people, even though they may not be treating me well. I can't control that, but I can control me. That's exactly it. And to kind of dovetail on that, I pray for people at work now 
and this recent death and the execution of the will, I'm praying for those family members who have just dollar signs rolling in their eyes. I'm praying for them. I don't think badly of them. I'm just praying for them that the Holy Spirit works in their heart and shows them what's really most important here. So it's exactly that. It really changes the way I think. Yeah, the thought model, what I love about that thought model is you can move around in it, right? So maybe I don't know exactly. Sometimes I don't know the thoughts. That's hard for me. I can get to the feelings pretty quickly. I can get to some action. So if I can, I can then work backwards to say, well, what do I want to think? Or how do I want to feel? And now what do I need to think to feel that way? And so I do that a lot. I use that at work actually quite a bit, (laughs) you know, just to say, well, how do we want to feel about this? How do we want to show up? And now let's work backwards to get the thinking around that so that we anchor to those thoughts. So that thought model is really powerful. But the coaching, Beth, I think that for me, it was so helpful coaching with you is even when I got comfortable with the thought model and was really using it, there's still times when I come to coaching and what I think I have figured out is the thought model or what I think is the thought error. And I bring that into coaching. I'll give a whole litany of information. You'll go, wait, 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 let's go back to this very first thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Something that I just glossed over and you'll pull me back to it and kind of put me on a different trajectory. And so that's so important because I can't do that for myself as easily as a coach can. You're more objective. You can spot things that I can't spot. Yeah. And I've been doing this for years and it it gets easier. And then I have coaches. And so the more I'm coached, the better coach that I am because I know the value of being coached. And when yeah. when I'm coaching, I get coached myself. And then when I'm getting coached, I'm learning how to coach. It's symbiotic, right? Mm. The one thing I just want to give a tip to everybody out there is this. When you are having a meeting or any type of a possibly acrimonious situation or something that's kind of sticky, send your guardian angel ahead of time over to their guardian angel and ask for peace and a good conversation or meeting between the two of you. You can even send your guardian angel, Jackie, to all of the people that you're dealing with now and to their guardian angels and let the guardian angels try and nudge some peace into the situation. I think one of the things that we don't realize is that there is a spiritual realm out there that is just so available to us, but we just forget. We get we get stuck in our humanness, which is why we need coaching because we're like a fish in the fishbowl. The, f- the fish doesn't really notice the water because <laughs> swimming in it all the time needs somebody to point out, you know, you get, you're in water. Oh, I am? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're in water. <laughs> oh, and so, and I need that terribly. So it's just a beautiful thing, I think, with the spiritual fasting is that we really do pull down all the advantages of the angels and the saints and the blessed mother and Jesus Christ, the whole Trinity. And we study it and we we ask the Lord to help us constantly with our goals, with our attachments, with our vices, but it's a body soul composite. So we have to work on our bodies as we're working on our souls. And I know one thing, grace builds on nature. So one of the things we do have to realize is we do have to frequent the sacraments quite a bit in all of their forms in order to get the grace into our souls in order for us to transform. You have a very touching story about your husband, and I'd like you to just tell everyone a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I would love that. So the sacraments, that's really huge. And and if I may share, the thing that I love about your course, Beth, is at the core, it's a structure. 
right? It's, it's so it kind of makes things easy because there's structure to it. And if you can just rinse and repeat, you get the basics down very quickly. So that's wonderful. But then within that, I think it's really important for anyone who takes the course, open your heart and your mind to the Holy Spirit and let him lead you and through the sacraments particularly. So we live in the country. There's a little country church and it's one mass a week. And if you miss that mass, then you're out of luck. And so you have to drive about an hour to get to a different church. So in that, they don't have adoration. And right now they're repairing the building. And so we're actually using the local elementary school's cafeteria on Sunday for our masses. And so there's no adoration there. And I remember bringing that to you early on in the course. And you said, well, you can do some online adoration. And so I started with online adoration. I love, love, love it. I have rich um, sessions with Jesus during online adoration. But over at, I've always had a love for the Stations of the Cross. I think my grandmother probably instilled that in me. So my husband put up the Stations of the Cross at the house for us. We have four acres. And he kind of sprinkled them through the whole yard so I can meditate. He put a few little benches in, and it's absolutely wonderful. And so that's my favorite thing to do on Saturday mornings is to go out with my cup of coffee and do my Stations of the Cross because... That story is for every day of the year. It's not just for Lent. Well, we were hit by Hurricane Adalia back in September, and our yard had huge tall trees, 100-foot trees falling down all over. The hurricane hit pretty hard and fast, and our yard was completely covered with trees, tree limbs. Not one single leaf fell on a station of a cross anywhere. It was like there was an area around them that was completely cleared, and that was amazing. I couldn't believe it. So what a miracle, total miracle, total miracle. And that we didn't have damage. We've got all sorts of structures there because it was intended as a weekend house, which we ended up living full time there. We both went remote for COVID and have stayed remote. So we put up a Barnuminium for him, a she shed for me, these odds and ends. And we were so lucky there was no damage at all to the buildings, but more importantly, the stations of the cross, which are these kind of fragile wooden stands. I loved my stations of the cross. And now he's converting to Catholicism. That was one of my miracles I put on the list early on was just for his heart to be open to Christ. This is your husband, right? My husband. Yeah. And not only did his heart open, but he just out of the blue in July, so six months after I started the fasting, said, I'm going to convert. I'm going to convert to Catholicism. So he's been going through OCIA. He's got these really deep connections in our church community now. He volunteered a couple of weeks ago. They did a churchyard cleanup. He went and he took it upon himself to rebuild all the stations of the cross at church at his own expense and his own time. So wow. he's he's doing that. So, I mean, those are compounded miracles. Nothing that I ever put in my book to begin with. But one little miracle that occurred is blossomed and blossomed and blossomed. But the, the miracles are endless. And I believe that comes from the fasting. It does. I, I think when our family members can see us transforming and they see this love that we are starting to procure within us and we're filling our hearts with the Holy Spirit. And so it's easier to love others, even people that are difficult. And you just start yeah. to fast for them and love them and ask the Lord, how can I bless them? And then all of a sudden, other people are like, wow, I can see a real change in her. This is very interesting. And they buy into it because really our example is 
way more important than our words. I know you you stopped drinking. I think it was during the week, right? And you said you had like a wine. Would you have a wine fridge in your she shed? And you said, I, yeah, I, I took did. it out. <laughs> I did. I got the Yeah, it was my favorite place to go to on the weekends was my she shed in the wine fridge and, and my cricket machine. <laughs> so, you know, but not anymore. It's not like that anymore. I don't know. The things, the attachments to these things, I, they've lost their flavor. Even like the, yes, I love the Christmas holidays. And now I'm here, I'm alone in the house while I'm working through the executorship on this property. And I don't know. I don't feel the attachments to the Christmas decorations and the treats, and I won't turn them down. Some of the neighbors mm-hmm. brought treats over, and I was so happy because there was no food in the house. So it's just, I don't know. It just really lost its meaning, Beth. It just doesn't matter anymore. It, it has such low priority in my life. So while I would say I'm not perfect, but it just doesn't have its grip on me the way it used to. So we have jumped from, I have like a vice cycle where, where it's like we're consuming sugar, flour, and alcohol on a regular basis. So our body is used to it and our mind is used to it and our will thinks it's good for us. That's that's yeah. the thing. The will is a blind faculty. So the intellect has to talk the will into doing its highest good. <laughs> and so if we tell the will that drinking every night is really for our highest good, then the will's going to be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> but when yeah. you start to align your will with God's will and you realize, okay, wait, I'm attached to this. It's not good because it keeps me away from him. It keeps me distance from him. There's no problem with cheering yourself with wine. I love it. I, I mean, I like wine, so I'd like to have a glass and a half. Okay. But when I'm sitting down on a Tuesday night and every single Tuesday night, I was having three glasses of wine or even two glasses of wine. I was like, this really is not good for me years ago. Right. So that's done. And so now I'm unencumbered from that. It's really sort of like a, it's like I was a slave to that. I'm not enslaved to that. So what happens in our body is that basically you consume something and you have an over-desire for it, an inordinate over-desire for it. Then you have an over-hunger and then you overeat or overdrink, And so then you have this cycle. It goes around and you're wondering, how do I get off? It's a vice cycle because that actually causes gluttony and sloth. And I'm telling you, and I know you probably agree, Jackie, our world, our nation today, we are really victims right now of sloth. We're Everybody is like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do stuff. I'll just eat, drink, and watch Netflix. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. no, that is not working for our nation. This is why we're in such deep trouble. <laughs> I agree completely. Yeah, people want 100% comfort 100% of the time. And they are really put off and put out by any kind of inconvenience or discomfort. And I think the fasting... I can do hard things that roll through my head all the time. I can do hard things. So what I'm cold, so what I'm hungry, I can do hard things. It's temporary. It's so temporary. The thing also I want to say about your course, which I really loved is going back to the methodology. It's pretty simple at the core. It's pretty simple program to follow. And I think I mentioned people need to be willing to go deep in certain areas because the Holy Spirit pulls you where he wants you to go deep on that. But every time I repeat, so you go through maybe the 12 weeks and then print out another version of the book and go through, you know what I mean? And it's that rinse and repeat. And what I find is that every time I iterate through, something new comes up. It pulls me in a different direction and it can be really concept dense. And just to be open to that, like this whole thing about purgatory, why was feeling that pull before November, and I know November's the month that we really focus on the souls in purgatory, 
And so I just want to encourage people, let the Holy Spirit take you where he wants to take you through the fasting. So you might start the course with, I have a weight goal. I have this list of miracles I want to get to, but be open to the other things because the Holy Spirit might have something else in mind for you. I would say that very strongly, Beth. Oh, at least that was my experience. What I, what Jackie thought <laughs> was probably not what God wanted for Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I totally agree with you. The more deep that you get into the prayer and asking the Lord, you know, what would you like me to desire? Yeah. And you'll get there over time. It does take a while, but he will give you the desires. I had the same thing. You and I both fast for priests and men good, strong Catholic men on Fridays. So don't drink alcohol, don't eat meat unless it's a feast day. So we're recording this right now on a feast day. So I'm having a steak tonight. It's a Friday, but I'm not going to drink alcohol because I don't drink on Fridays. I I truly offer that up for priests and good Catholic men for the most part. And then anybody in my family or that I know that is struggling with alcohol. Okay. So that's Fridays. That's what I fast for. Well, it's interesting that one day I was in adoration and the Lord gave me it was just an intuition that he wanted me to fast for priests in purgatory. Cause he said, Beth, there are so many priests in purgatory and it never even occurred to me. Like, yeah. and I, I got, I got, I got sorrow, like deep, deep sorrow. And then, and then I thought, wait a minute, I shouldn't have so much sorrow because at least they made it to purgatory. <laughs> they made it. <laughs> so let's, let's pray them out of purgatory and, and up to heaven. And so I spent my whole last November of 2023 praying deeply, deeply for priests in purgatory and priests everywhere. But this is where you get to with spiritual fasting. That's why the Blessed Mother keeps asking us to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. So the entire program and trying to limit sugar, flour, and alcohol, the reason why we do that is because from a hormone level, insulin, leptin, ghrelin, if you limit the sugar, flour, and alcohol out of your diet, it's a lot easier to fast onto one or just two meals on Wednesdays and Fridays. It's a lot easier to give up the meat on Fridays. It's a lot easier when you're not that hungry in the first place on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So it's like everything is geared towards really the fasts on Wednesdays and Fridays. And that is what the Blessed Mother is asking of us. And that is where we are going to see the miracles happen if we can just limit on the other days, we can plan them in. If you have a anniversary on Monday, have a bottle of champagne. It's fine. I mean, it's just, you you can plan all the fun stuff in, but on a daily basis, if you can limit the sugar, flour, and alcohol and bring down that insulin in your body because of the glucose isn't there that's in your bloodstream, then all of life becomes better. All your body and your soul become clearer. You can think clearer. Everything just becomes deeper and better. It does. You sleep better. You think better. And on your toes, like you're, to me, you're just crisper, cleaner, brighter, faster, quicker, all those things. I wanted to share with you this kind of interesting here in the house. I found some, there's quite a book collection and I found a Catholic prayer book from, from the late 1800s. And it was really good. It's tiny little book. And in the front couple of pages, it talks about fasting days first and foremost. In the old, they talk about ember days, ember days. right? Which we yep. ember days. Lent, 40 days of fasting, not just Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, but 40 days of Lenten fasting. They talk about Advent every Friday fasting. And so it was wonderful to read kind of where we were 125 years ago in the U.S. around our fasting. And let's be frank, we're 
total wimps now. <laughs> we can hardly. And Jackie, that's showing everyone listening to this. If you wonder why the culture is in such a wreck, sin is abounding. It's because people are pulling away from the church and they're not fasting. They don't know how to take discomfort at all. Not at all. And if we are I, fasting, if we're intermittent fasting, unfortunately, we're doing it for dieting reasons or even health reasons, but we're not actually considering our soul at the same time and how we're body soul composite. And a lot of Catholics don't even know how to wrap their mind around that subject. And I have a ton of information in my course about the body soul composite, why it's really important to consider both and to open yourself up to both and to see every struggle as redemptive. I mean, I even, when I'm cleaning my shower, it's like the worst thing. I don't know why I don't like the clean, but I'm always, whenever I'm cleaning it, I'm always thinking of all of the women and men who are cleaning hotel rooms or gyms or public showers. And I'm offering my discomfort to help them across the airwaves, wherever they are. And you can bet we are assured that when we get to heaven, we will see all the people we helped with our prayers. The prayers are so efficacious. And we're just, unfortunately, as a society, because we've fallen out of prayer and fasting, we don't even understand redemptive suffering and, and how our struggles help others so deeply come to Christ. We won't know until we get to heaven. And then the Lord says, here are the thousands of people that you helped. Here they are. And we will be weeping. This is why the saints say, thank you for my struggles, Lord, when we're all looking at the saints going, really? Wow. <laughs> right. No, and to offer it up. And back in the springtime when we were in the thick of the course during Lent and towards the end of Lent, I remember a lot of prayer and meditation I was doing. I was hearing Jesus say to me, I am trying to prepare you for something. I'm preparing you for something. You've got to fast, right? And that was really helping me stay on the fasting. I felt I was being prepared for something. And now looking back, well, that hurricane, we were in a hotel for two weeks. I mean, I never lost. I was completely calm, kept my structure with my praying. In fact, I started doing more praying during that time. And I would say this being the second example where I haven't been home for six weeks. I've been on the road with work travel and then this unplanned death that I'm working through here that I'm helping with. So God prepared me, fasting prepared me for that. I can do hard things. And what it prepared me for is I'm calm. I'm not worried. I'm using my logic, right? I'm not giving into my passions. Like you talked about that body soul composite. It'd be real easy to give into my passions and be worried and cry and have all these emotions. I'm not, I don't feel that though. I don't feel overly emotional. I, I do feel sorrow that my friend passed away. But what I'm trying to say, Beth, is I feel like the Holy Spirit's working through me to keep me calm and focused and logical at a really critical time when I need to be that way, when others around me are not able to be that way. Yeah. It sounds like your emotions are balanced. And one of the things that we're always talking about is we don't, we're not going to feel positive emotions all the time. That's not what we want. We don't want just, oh, let's just have positive thoughts and positive emotions. No, no. Sometimes negative emotions are completely appropriate. And we talk about that a lot in the course, but you can sit with an emotion. For instance, when somebody dies, there is some sadness. And so you don't have to eat or drink through it. You can put your hand on your heart and you can say, you know what? This is sadness. This is totally appropriate. This is sadness. This is sadness. I'm feeling sadness. And you can feel it in your body. You can offer it to God. You can almost thank God for it because you loved this person. It would be totally inappropriate if you were not sad if somebody dies and you're happy. I mean, that's not, you know, you're going to be sad. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be overwhelming. 
And it doesn't have to drive you to some type of passion like eating, drinking, you know, something like that. So that's the beauty of it. It's just feeling your emotions, learning to feel it, sit with them for a while, and then shift out of that when it's appropriate. Right. And the course taught me I have a choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice before. I was kind of held hostage by my emotions, and I don't feel that way anymore. The other thing interesting for the course, you have in there 30 minutes a day of journaling and prayer. I think it was uh, once a day, 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And when I started, I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to fill 30 minutes? (laughs) If I write really slowly in my journal, (laughs) that's cheating, right? Well, very quickly it became, oh my gosh, I like three hours, two hours, three hours, easy. It would be, I would sit down and pray. I'd be on my kneeler. I bought a little kneeler for my bedroom and I'd be in there praying in the morning. And I'm like, oh gosh, I got to go to work. That darn old work getting in my way again, you know, easily fill up two or three hours and wishing I had another hour to pray. So that that's the other thing. I think the fast- Jackie, that, that is amazing. You have come such a long way. I mean, I am, oh, I- Brings me to tears. Seriously, I'm so proud of your journey this year. My goodness! And Jackie and I were trying to pull up her first email to me because I wanted to read it, but I couldn't find it. I don't know. Wouldn't even go back that far. I just we didn't have enough time. But I'm so happy that you have reached this point and that you've literally. But you were very open to the Holy Spirit. You came broken. I started this business just broken with my weight loss. I mean, I was like, okay, Lord. You know, I just had like 30, I was 30 pounds. I was at my heaviest, like 30 pounds to lose. And, and I was very emotional all the time. And I I was just like, okay, something's got to give here and got into the spiritual fasting and taught it as I was, as I was learning it three years ago. And I was like, wow, this is the answer. It, It absolutely is. And I think the iterative quality of it, every time you go through another iteration, you go down a different alleyway, you learn new things, and you get better at it over time. And it it's like riding a bicycle. I'm up here a little bit unplanned. I didn't have my journal with me, but I know the journal up here, Beth. Yeah. I know because every day I'm doing it, right? And so I don't need it. I don't need the workbook because I have it up in my head. And so the point being, it's it's part of my core prayer every day and it anchors me into the morning and gets me uh, situated in the right place. Anyway, so I just, I can't say enough about the program. Um, It was really important. And the way you welcomed your warmth, uh, the other people in the course being willing to open up and to share. And yeah, the brokenness, I was broken, not just about my weight, but about my faith in general. I had so much brokenness, so much brokenness. And uh, so much shame coming to it. And I wanted to be really self-penitent. Like I was really ashamed of things. And I was really probably driving the fasting pretty hard as a way to like self-discipline. And that went away too. It became more about, I want to do this for the love of other people, not because I'm a bad person, but because I started off with, oh, I'm a bad person. I need to fast, right? Well, no, it's because I'm a good person. I want to fast. It's a different mindset. Yeah, there. shifting into love and abundance. And I know we're going long on time and I would love to talk more about it, which brought us into confession because when you're getting coached and you're self-coaching, it's something tangible and specific that you can take to confession. And it's so funny. I started going like once every couple months, like years ago. Then I started going once every month. Now I go every week. I thought 
those people that go every week were crazy. I was like, what? Why would you go every week? But I, I have to now. I just, you know what it is? It's building virtue, Jackie. What we're doing is we're, we were building vices before. We were building vices. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, I think you're right because so all this back and forth traveling I've been doing, I got stuck at Atlanta airport on a Sunday a couple of weekends oh. ago. And yeah, and my flight got moved. Anyway, long story, I, I'm sitting there waiting for my flight and I hear an announcement at 4.30, there will be a Catholic mass in the chapel in Terminal Z or whatever it is, and I'm in Terminal A. So I'm looking, it's like t- 10 minutes. I go, I can do it. I can get there. I flew down there. I went to Catholic mass at the Atlanta airport. It was awesome. There were people from all different countries there. There were non-Catholics there. It was amazing. Oh my the gosh. Isn't that wonderful? And so, and same thing, every, I'm going through these airports and I'm getting stuck. And I literally, I swear the Holy Spirit is just taking my hand and going, come on over here. I'll see a chapel. Okay, go in. You've got an hour before your flight boards. You might as well go pray. It's either that or watch YouTube. What are you going to do? God didn't build me for YouTube. (laughs) So, so, I mean, that, that is virtue, right? When a year ago, if you asked me, Hey, what do you do when you have an hour in the airport? I probably would have said, well, I'm going to go have a glass of wine and read a book. But now what am I doing? I'm going to the chapels or I've got my Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz or catechism or whatever. That's virtue. And I want to do those things. I love how they make me feel. Mm. And I love how they educate me to strengthen my faith. Yes. Grace builds on nature. I know I've said it before, but we all have a nature and it's a human nature. and it, it is, if we rest on our human nature, then we were like wild horses and they need to be tamed as Pope Benedict says. I loved him. Okay. Anyway, he said, you gotta, you gotta tame your wild horses or else they will run. They will run with you. That's all our emotions. That's all our passions. We have to be careful with that. So grace builds on our nature. So we have temperaments, certain temperaments, which I know you loved and we get to know ourselves are very aware. And then we know what we can actually amplify with the grace and what the grace is going to tamp down a little bit. And so that we can be a little bit more even keel. So we show up in the world helping others as well as ourselves. And that's that. It's just that even keel. It's that, it's that beautiful balance of our emotions that we're living to know, love, and serve God by knowing, loving, and serving others. And it's possible. And there's a 25 pound or 30 pound weight loss in there too that you and I experienced. So it's, that's beautiful as well, right? <laughs> it's absolutely. And the course gave me the structure. It gave me the basic foundation and stood me up. And then within that, there's so much area for growth and just letting the Holy Spirit take you where he wants to take you. So that's what I love about the course, Beth, is it's foundational. And then where yeah. God takes you from, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, Jackie, this has been great. Well, Jackie is in our membership right now. So once you take the course, you can just go over to the membership with all the other women. The alumni basically is what they're called. And, and you can stay in there as long as you would like. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave us with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And this is the way we're able to live out his mission with strength and endurance to finish the race together as a community. And listen, everyone, we are entering the year 2024 as, as we record this. And it's an election year and it's a pivotal year. And we all need to be praying and fasting, whether you join my course or not. Pray and fast for everyone in this country that the Lord will bring truth back to the people and that we will live together, not in fear, 
but in love and in joy and in fear of the Lord and, and get him back into our lives so that we can live this virtuous life that we were supposed to live. So here's Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And we know that that is, that is where we should be is running that race of perseverance. Well, Jackie, I've enjoyed our conversation so much. I'm so proud of your progress and the hard work that you put into completing the course on, on both a spiritual and physical level. You really are the best. And I'm so grateful that you said yes to guesting on my podcast. Have a blessed 2024. It's going to be the best year ever, I know. And, and everyone else out there, if you're interested in getting the same results as Jackie, both spiritually and physically, then go over to my website, thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get on that wait list for the course opening this month. You don't want to miss this opportunity to have the best 2024 ever. It carries all the way through Lent. So you will begin the year with the most fruitful 15 weeks of your life. And like Jackie said, you can just do it over and over and over again. I hope to see you there. Well, I will see you, Jackie, probably in one of the coaching calls in the next coming week. Thank you for being on the call. Thank you for inviting me, Beth. I was very happy to be here with oh, you. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you. So everyone else, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and even leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting, get healthy, lose weight, and get back to the sacraments this year. Have a great week, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. And may God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.